a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires and Renthal on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,500 podcasts delivered with over 15 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. As always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. And now, as promised on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, uh, presented by Renthal and Maxis, it's New Jersey motocross legend Mike Rossini. Mike, what's happening? Thank you for doing this. Appreciate it. Oh, gosh. Thank you for having me. Um, this this is great. I'm, I'm so glad to be able to share um, many, many, many good times in, in moto. Many yeah, good times. Yeah, I, uh, I, I love doing these ones that not aren't necessarily with riders, but with industry people. You know, I just thought, just did one of Dog Boys and not that long ago, and, and, uh, and all these guys that just have history in the sport, but maybe aren't, you know, foremost uh, superstars of the sport or industry people or whatever. They're always fun because... Mike, guys like you, you just tell it how it is. <laughs> there's no, there's nothing to hide behind. So it's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, telling it like it is sometimes um, will get you in, in a situation. But it's, yeah, <laughs> it's what we are. Yeah, no filters. Yeah. And, I, and I promise not to make this an hour and a half about Tim Ferry. All right, so I promise. <laughs> I, I, so we'll, we'll yeah. be all right. Um, Rossini Racing Products, of course, RRP, uh, your company. Uh, you still doing that? You still? What's going on now with you? Well, uh, yes, yes, yes and no. Uh, the, the shop still exists. Um, I'm very proud to say that uh, uh, in 2010, I sold it um, to mm. actually two of my employees. Oh, okay. And to this day, it is in the same store, yep. uh, unbelievable memorabilia around the store, and they're doing great, and they're doing great. And I, I moved on to... Uh, to car car racing yeah you know? yeah look like that i was checking you out on, on the website and everything yeah you look like you're full into that now oh gosh you know um i tell people um i love kids and i, I love the camaraderie and racing i am getting to do what i did in motorcycles in cars all over again it's it's just my second uh second go around it's great I'm, I'm just loving it right now oh that's cool yeah that's that sounds neat um it's a lot more expensive though huh <laughs> Well, you know, car racing, yeah, four wheels instead of two. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, as they say, you know, with age comes a cage. So yeah. It's it's wild to tell you that I have so so many of my clients and customers that are motocrossers, ex motocrossers. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Oh gosh, you know, and so competitive. Uh, you know, you just you never lose that competitive spirit. So you know? what what do you drive? What 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 kind of cars are we talking? Uh, right now, uh, geez, some people will laugh at this, but a uh, Mazda Miata, I, I am, uh, focused on the Mazda brand. Yep. Um, I work directly with, um, Mazda, uh, on development of, of the Mazda Miata. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, cool. Yeah, and it's uh, again, it's working with the fa- directly with the factory on the development of this of this car mm-hmm. for um, you know for club racing. Uh, right, it's great. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. Um, you still keep up with the motocross stuff and supercross and all that? You still follow it? I do. I do. I you know I, I talk to Pop Ferry a lot. Get to see Pop Ferry a lot, and uh-huh. and uh, Timmy not as much. Um, and you know the guys, but I do. I do keep after it as much as I have time. I'm. Yep. I'm still I'm still on the road, um, you know, 28 to 30 weeks a year racing, you know, with the cars. So it's a lot. <laughs> How's the Moto Shop doing with the employees? Are they doing well? Everything's good. Good there. They are. I, I keep in touch. I go back there and spend time with them. Uh, still, you know, sharing uh, the crazy secrets that are still in my head. Um, <laughs> that would help them out. Yeah. Uh, that's good. Um, so all right, let's go. Let's go way back in the beginning, I guess, a little bit here. So, how do you get into moto? What? How does it? How do you strike? Uh, how does the bug get you? Well, like like all of us, again, um, I don't know if I'll reveal my age, but God, you know, I, I started um, back in the seventies. Yeah. And um, as I tell people, they say, "How did you? How did? How does it go then?" Well, you know, you had guys um, that that I idolized, you know. Roger, the man, mm-hmm. got him money. He's, you know, still to this day, my hero. Um, that you just followed in motocross, and it was so, so young. And um, no matter, and, and and then it was guys like uh, Donnie, Donnie M, FMF, you yep. know, Mitch Payton, Ivan Boyson. Um, certainly, my men, one of my mentors, Ivan Boyson. Um, that man did so much for me. Um, you know, coming up. Um, but what what. There was there wasn't anything you did, you you know, in development was right because no there was nobody there to tell you that it was wrong. You know, <laughs> yeah, we, really, right? You know, we did suspensions and engines and built things and you know, God Almighty, the full floating brake. I can remember just so many things that uh, I was able to make and design and um, you know, and that that's that's how it all started. Um, you know, those days, 70s and the 80s, um, you know, a little bit into the 90s. But yeah. as, technolo- as technology went on, uh, it just got harder and harder. But um, it was pretty easy to get into moto back then, uh, motocross. Yep. Um, you know, supercross didn't really exist yet coming mm-hmm. up. But um, but it was fairly, I, I shouldn't say easy, but, it, again, if you had a knack for building things yep. and, and racing, God, motocross was it. Yeah, that, that's back in the day where, I mean, guys were – chopping up their swing arms and moving their shocks forward and backwards and all that stuff right it was just a whole garage industry of hey let's try to make these bikes radically different than than they are from this from the factory to to make them stand up for racing i guess right yeah well you know the you can ask i'm sure donnie uh you know donnie emler and 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 mitch are are testaments to that i mean they've grown their business worldwide uh, and, and, and Boyson as well. I mean, Dog has has done an unbelievable job, um, you know, keeping up yeah. Boyson engineering. Um, so yeah, I mean, gosh. Does this uh, for a guy from New Jersey? I mean, I'm assuming you're born and raised in Jersey, right? You're there the whole time. Yeah, um, Jersey boy, and yeah. you know that. Was, I think uh, I'm not I'm not in Jersey anymore. I, I actually live in North Carolina. Oh, um, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, I gotta, yeah. gotta follow the cars, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, again, you know, being in Jersey, I think um, I think Mickey Kessler and uh, Jim Capitan and uh-huh. Fred Bertucci and guys like that that were back in that day will tell you that you know the, it was very hard to be uh, hugely successful 
in the big times if he, if he didn't go to, you know, he had to be in California. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, so we chose, we chose to stay on the East coast and, and I'd say, um, you know, we, we dominated, uh, it, our, our biggest competition of course was then was pro circuit, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Mitch, uh, was just coming up through the ranks. So, uh, it was great. It was a great tour. Um, but very competitive amongst all of us, you know. Did you did you go out to SoCal at times uh, and stay out there? Like, was it as that was that part of the deal? Well, I did um, when I when I when I was needed out there. I didn't spend I didn't spend as much time as I should have uh-huh. only until KTM days. Oh, okay, um, yep. You know, when I um, I did that tour with KTM, I spent quite a bit of time out there. Or when I had to go out for you know Glen Helen and yeah. yeah. So, uh, and, 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 the, and the races, then yeah, but not as much as I should have, really. Um, probably would have learned a lot more. Yeah. And, um, you know, but, uh, did, but it was fun. Did yeah. you race yourself? Like, how high how high up did you get as a racer? Yeah, I, I, that's how it all started. That's yep. how we all start. Right. Uh, I raced, and, and short and sweet of it is my dad, at a very young age, my dad pulls me aside, and he didn't even know what a damn wrench was. <laughs> <laughs> and me, I, you know, uh, uh, he brought a lawn, a lawn tractor home, and first thing I did was tear it apart and see if I could make it go faster. <laughs> so I hopped on a bike, and and I was I sucked. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I, I just crashed my brains out, and uh, I've tried like hell. So one day he pulls me aside. He says, "Son, he says, I think you're going to be better working on these things than you are racing them." Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> he was right. He was right. God bless him. He was right. Right. <laughs> At what point do you start the shop? When do you get into business for yourself? Uh, geez, that would have been, uh, 1977. I started RRP. Okay. Yeah. 18 years old. Yeah. Oh, you were 18. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's, yeah, that's fresh, a... fresh out of high school, man. Right. You know? Yeah. So um, this is, this is, and you're porting and, and doing work on cylinders and, and all that kind of stuff then? Yeah. Yeah. That was it, yeah. man. I dove right in, uh, built, um, I built what I thought was the first floating brake. Back in the day when Cowie came out with the, uh, you know, well, of course, drum brakes, and then we, yeah. they went to disc brakes. Well, right. they look back in the archives, they'll see floating brakes, and, and um, I think that was one of my main starts into building things. Oh, okay. Porting cylinders, you know, Ivan Ivan Boyson was my mentor there. I, I shared so many, many, many hours with him um, and learned so much about uh, the two-stroke. Yeah. You know, yeah, porting, suspension, you know, building, building the just taking building. things, take, taking things apart, and being like, how can I make this better? How can I, how can I make this better? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, right. So interesting. Where'd the idea for you to come to make the floating break, like the drum? Like, how did you? What came to mind? What were they? What were the? What were the breaks doing? Um, you know, to make them better as they're floating, which which means basically there's a, there's a rod on the bottom of the of the drum and it kind of keeps it keeps it standard keeps it stable right right well that that was a simple one because again remember simple simple back then it uh-huh. was easy to, fairly easy so i rode i raced yep. and practice went to the practice track you know or we had a practice track and my brother would come all the time with me he's always there with me and and uh, i was racing fairly competitive you know in the expert class trying mm-hmm. to trying to make pro ranks. anyway I'd, I'd be breaking into a turn when the when the uh when the you know the disc brakes came out and they were they were we'll say rigid mounted to the back um and when you went breaking into a turn that that seat would come up and smack you in the ass about pitch you over the bars yeah I said, this isn't working so right away you know just get in the shop 
tear the, tear, tear the brake apart and put a bearing in it and put an arm underneath, weld it to the frame. Okay. Next thing you know, you got a floating brake. Yeah. You know, it just floats with the suspension. And that, that I think Tough Racing came out with one. And, yeah. Um, you know, I sold I sold a shit ton of them. Did you really? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so it 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 was a. I uh, see. I never really understood. I knew what a floating brake was and all, but so it was a suspension related thing, just like a, like a boys and link or an ATAC arm or, or or an AMP link or whatever, right? It was something to, so the brake would affect the the rear shock and how it would come up and hit you. I got it. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's that's all the full floater and right, of right. course suspension technology today and actually the shocks today uh, absorb a lot of that yeah. um, oh. dynamic. Oh, I never really yeah. understood it. Yeah, I know I know that there were kits and you could modify themselves and then they, they came stock uh, as well after a while. So uh, yeah. that that podcast I did with Dog about Ivan boys and man, how interesting yeah. is that? How patented those transfer ports and, and made a bunch of money then, you know, then they got, did the, uh, the, the two-stage read and all of that. Like, what a smart guy. Amazing. Oh, geez, I'll tell you, that, that guy... Um, Next to my father, I'd have to say he was one of the most instrumental people in my life. Yeah. Um, gave, gave me many, many chances to, you know, represent Boyson at shows, and right. I, I, I couldn't. I could tell you. I could tell you two hours worth of stories about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was. He was telling us the story. Dog was telling us the story of the link and uh, going mm-hmm. to Japan and going to Europe and testing it, and it worked really good, but it was a little complex. And the OEMs probably didn't want to pay Ivan more royalties if they put it in production. You know, uh, that was probably part of the deal too. You know, but yeah. but the thing worked. The thing really worked. Oh my God! I got to ride it. It was. It's like it was riding a cloud. Yeah, it, yeah. It was unbelievable, but the expense of building it, yeah. I think, is scared. You know, even Ivan said it's just so expensive to build. Right. Um, and I think you know, after the uh, after what happened with the uh, injector port uh, deal with Honda, if everybody remembers back in '78 when Ivan um, you know overcame that, uh, I think they were a little scared and, and very respective of what Ivan could do. You know? <laughs> right. Right. I I always thought, Mike, I I was under the impression forever that it was the two stage reed valve. That got him royalties. I didn't. I didn't understand it was the, like the transfer ports. I, I'm glad Dog cleared that up for me because I always thought it was the, the, any two stage read. They owed Ivan boys and money, but no, it wasn't that. It was the transfer ports. I had no idea. Yeah, injector ports, and and uh, I, again, I could. Uh, I don't want to bore you with those stories of, of how the special cylinders came out to the local guys. You know, us, 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 us and I was I was riding then yeah, competitively, yeah. and. and and uh, Ivan would share that stuff with us, you know, knowing that he had a patent on it. Right, right. And God bless him. He deserved it. Uh, Honda didn't like it, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I can remember them holding up the bikes for delivery in the United States because they Really? That, really? That, oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, no, yeah nobody, wants, nobody wants to write that check, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that's interesting. So you really learned under, under, under him. You really, like, that's, that's the guy for you. He he is one of them. Yes, yep. you know there's there's plenty of others, but Ivan certainly was uh, the you know at the top of the list. Yeah. yeah. So you got your shop. You're humming along, um, doing well with it, I guess. Uh, are you helping out Kessler and, and Karsten in the early years? Like, are you going to local races? Do you, are you you know now at this point you're, you're a full shop guy? And we'll get into the discovering Tim Ferry in, in you know late '80s, early '90s, but. Are you are you doing stuff for the local guys only? Or are you doing magazine ads and doing stuff from all over the place? Well, I, you know, 
and this is where I probably went wrong. I couldn't afford the magazine stuff. Okay. Uh, you know, just I didn't have the money. Um, you know, I was out peddling my stuff locally. Uh-huh. And as my dad said, you know, uh, you, you know, you're better building them than you mm-hmm. are racing them. So there was a, a local guy by the name of Fireball Gench, Gene Gench. Oh, um, I, and he was yeah, a hot. He was a hot, and you know what? I believe he's still a hot rod in Brazil. Uh, he he he's um he's over in Brazil. Really? <laughs> uh, still still doing moto crazy stuff, you know. Um, but anyway, Fireball Gench uh, showed up to track, and I was hurt. I, you know, I says, and his bike blew up. I said, uh-huh. "Why don't you ride my?" Like he got on my bike and just blew him away, and that was it. You know, from that point on, it was starting to help, and I did a little bit. You know, Mickey. You know, Mickey was Mickey Kessler was uh, he was the man back then right. in Jersey and and nationally, but uh, I didn't do any work for him, but had contacts with him and shared some stuff with him. Um, and Barry Karsten, of course. Um, you know, he he God Almighty! He said, "I just just ran into him at uh, at Gatorback." Um, He's insane, he, Barry. He, still still out there. I think that son of a gun has more starts than anybody. Um, oh. I, I I have to say, I don't know. If there's anybody out there that's got more moto starts than Barry Carson. I don't know okay. either. I don't know either, Mike. It, it's, yeah, it's, good 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 question for somebody to answer. We 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 were trying to get. We were trying to talk about how much money has Barry won in Suzuki contingency, and we figure over a million dollars. For reals, we started doing some rough math, and we're like, it has to be over a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, so, he's fun, and you know what? I, I I saw Barry from a distance. I hadn't seen him in a couple of years, and yeah. you, of course, I'm walking, walking. I'm with Pop Ferry, and and I, oh god, somebody I says, you know what? That looks like Barry Karsten power pressure washing his bike. <laughs> you know, and there's his, then, I, then I get to see his son, of course, who's right. You know, an up and comer, but uh, um, yeah, yeah, people like that, priceless. Well, Wygant, Wygant's a good buddy of mine, so he'll love this question. But uh, peak Barry Karsten or peak Mickey Kessler? Who was faster? Whoa! Yeah, just who wow. was who was a new, more of a Jersey legend? Well, if you want to, you know, I hate to say it, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna call that even. Oh come on! Uh, are you are you scared know. people are going to light you on fire if they hear this podcast? <laughs> you know, Mickey. Uh, you know, Mickey had talent, man. He was mm-hmm. unbelievable. Barry as well. Uh, it, you know, it's it's tough to compare them to because they were so they're very very smooth, calculated riders. And um, if I if I you know if you're asking me to to pick one, I got to go with Mickey. Yeah, go with Mickey. Yeah, yeah. He just. Uh, it was a little bit harder then, um, with a lot less that he did, mm-hmm. but uh, certainly a legend in his time for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Barry as well. Though. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Wygant tells me that growing up in Jersey, you couldn't like both of them. You had to be a Barry guy or a Mickey guy. You had to be <laughs> well, one of both. Well, I had, and, and, and people may or may not remember the name Ty Wallace. Yeah, um, that was Barry. That was Barry's biggest. Uh, competition for many years. Yeah. Uh, him and Ty, I think, had some of the most epic races in English Town and and on the national scene as well. Yeah. Um, but you know, Barry, um, Barry just had that mental strength in him, and Ty was a go for it man. Yeah. It was a tortoise in the hair with Ty Wallace and Barry. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So, how does a kid from South Florida? 
uh, fast kid, not a lot of money with the family and everything else, get hooked up. And I'm, I mean, Red Dog, Tim Ferry. How do you first meet Timmy and his dad, Big Tim, and how do you get on to supporting him like in the in the early 90s there? How does that work? Well, it, it was uh, it was a meant to be thing. I was I was actually at Loretta Lynn's representing Boyson okay. and EK Chain. Um, I worked very closely with uh, Casey Wada and EK Chain back then, um, just as a representative at the track. And I was there with uh, Barry and Win Kern. I'm sure. Okay. That yeah. Yeah. And Barry and I uh, walking around the pits, uh, just you know, handing flyers out, talking to people, and um, Fred Vertucci. Um, good friend of mine, um, says, Mike, you need to look at this guy, this kid, this kid, you know, Timmy was, I think he was 14 then. Yeah. And, uh, introduced to Pop Ferry, who's holding the newborn Travis in his <laughs> own room. And, uh, and Teresa, the mom is, is running around chasing Misty and, uh, there's this little redheaded kid. I mean, Jesus. Um, and his bike is just so ratted out. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, here he goes out and just never seen anybody ride as smooth and calculated as that. And it was just from that point on. Was he, like, he was on a Honda at this point, I think, right? Was he riding Honda CR80s? Uh, just off of that. Yeah. Okay. Just, yeah. He just got on the Cowie okay. um, that year, and um, he, he just uh, he was just so impressive with so little, and. Um, that's what I always – I was always – even when I – to this day, I always look for the underdog. Right. You know, or the or the, the person that needs help. Um, and he he just – he just exploded from that point. And the rest is history. I mean, Fred Vertucci, you know, God bless him, uh, he, he hooked us up, really, introduced us. And, uh-huh. and, again, I just took it from there. And Timmy and uh, the whole family um, – to this day, you know, we're very close, um, try to keep as close as we can. Um, and just working with Timmy, um, he just paid attention. He was so young and in all aspects, I think we shared, uh, a lot in growing up, you know, on how to do things. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll say it over and over again, tell so many people the story of Tim Ferry, uh, you know, how, where he came from. Um, you know, I got to spend time in his house in West Palm with the family and grow up with him um, mm-hmm. to the point where, you know, at 20 years old, you know, he gets a factory ride and I'm no longer really needed, you know. And, and uh, I felt to this day feel very, very proud to be uh, part of his life then and to see how he's matured today to be um, – Exactly what every parent would want. Mm-hmm. Um, great kid. I always Couldn't thought. Oh, sorry. Um, I always thought it was really cool when I worked for him and knew him. And well, I worked for him at Nolene when he was off his Suzuki ride and everything else. But when yeah. when we got back together at Yamaha, you know, he's making uh, a million and a half a year. Uh, you know, he's one of the top riders in the sport. And when you came around at the races, like he would go find you, or you would meet each other, and he would. He never changed, you know what I mean? He never like acted like he was this superstar. He would find you or or he'd be like, "Hey, I got I got I left Rossini some tickets or like whatever it was." He never really forgot all the help you gave him. I felt like anyways. I don't know if if that was true, but I always thought it was really cool that he never forgot all the things you did for him. Well, he didn't forget anybody. And that's one thing that was always installed. I preached to him over and over, never forget where you came from. Mhm. 
never forget where you came from. That makes that's the difference between a, a superhero and just um, a normal a, a normal hero. And Timmy, Timmy's a superhero. People, um, if you know, again, if they knew, if they know the whole story uh, of of how he came up through. Um, it's a Cinderella story. Yeah, and, yeah. Not a uh, lot of money. Not a good area where he grew up in. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, someone yeah. told me, someone told me he won the eighty expert class at Loretta's. It was like a three rail trailer with pops and him. You know, the family, oh, exactly. like like no money. You know, <laughs> it was, you know, and 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 Black Dog is, you know, Black Dog is dog always had to come. Pop would bring the dog. Oh, it's just hilarious on on how things would come together. Um, and you know, and then it, you know. They would have to go chase their bikes. Um, you know, somewhere along the line, somebody would steal their bikes, and, and I'd have to go down in the in the hood of West Palm and try to get their bikes back. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Um, yeah. So, you know, in like ninety one, ninety two, or ninety two, ninety three, I think he rides a Honda for you one year and a Yamaha for you one year. Like, what what are you doing for him at this point before he gets a Suzuki ride? Um, what are you providing him, and and how's that going for you? Are you going to all the races with them? Are you guys, um, you know, traveling together? And are you getting bikes from Honda and Yamaha for 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 him? Well, yeah. After the after the ninety one um, year, um, it was just it was it was kind of like a wow. It just went so fast. Uh, ninety two, we you know got a Cowie ride, and um, ninety two, yeah, ninety two Cowie ride, rookie of the year. Um, you know, uh, Team Green ride, yep. top of the ride. You know, I took care of the bikes. Uh, bike stayed with me, and then Timmy would get a practice bike. I would drive it down. We did a lot of driving. My brother, <laughs> God rest his soul, he would he would drive me he would drive me all night down to Florida, and we'd spend a week with Timmy, and then drive back. Um, it was a family affair yep. uh, for sure, and it engulfed my life. For, you know, it engulfed my life until '94 for 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 him. With him. Yeah, oh. yeah, with him. Um, it was, you know, I had to put a lot of stuff aside. Um, business as well, you know, I tried to, you know, balance it all. But I had, I just knew deep down inside that this was the kid. Um, and damn it, I was right, you know. And, <laughs> you know in, in 94, um, which was our last year together on a Honda, we knew it. Um, that year, it was a choice between him and Doug Henry and Dave Arnold came to me after uh, Loretta's because we we won Loretta's um, for Cowie or you know we won Loretta's and then we were flying up to Millville for uh-huh. the, the national and um, Timmy knew in the back of his mind you know that he should he should have gotten factory ride um, and you know it was it was then that I realized you know wow mission accomplished yeah uh, it's, uh, but that timeline, you know, every year we were on something different, you know, wherever yeah, the bike, why, wherever we could why bike. did that switch? How did that happen? Like Cowie, so Cowie dropped him after his first no, year. No, it, it just, we, we, you know, I felt, uh, you know, Yamaha, Yamaha offered Mike, Mike Guerra and, uh, Keith McCarty that year saw talent and okay. Jimmy and offered us a great package, uh, a lot of bikes, a lot of parts. Ah, okay. So that's why you did it. Yeah. 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 And it, you know, it, again, it had to come down to, uh, we're, we're, you know, we were traveling all over the country. Uh, you know, we would fly Timmy everywhere so he could stay in school. Uh-huh. And that was, that was a prerequisite. You know, you had to finish school. You had to do good in school or we're not doing this, you mm-hmm. know, and parents and I agreed to do that. And, 
you know, I think Timmy appreciates that today. You know, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I'm sure he didn't then, but uh, um, but that was the deal. And then and then uh, a local shop, you know, the Yamahas, uh, they just they weren't cutting it. They were very hard to keep fat. You know, they were just they were just tough bikes to okay. make. Yep. Make. And then Honda came out and um, you know, a local shop. Um, sponsored us and honda chipped in uh honda of troy just so many people chipped in for for us you know okay uh, yeah and that's the year that uh we felt it was going to make or break them uh as far as being you know the the next factory star but you know um so the hondas were the hondas were a better bike that's for sure especially 125 oh back then yeah yeah yeah, the '94 Honda was yeah. got the bike, you know. Yeah, and, are you doing motors and suspension this whole time? Yes, that's what kept me. Um, that's what kept kept me alive. Yeah, I yeah. Would go to the track, and uh, Big Tim, you know, Pop and I would. Uh, I work in the back of my box van doing suspensions all night. Get up the next morning, or you know, maybe work all night, and and then. You know, work for Timmy the next day, and and uh, that's how we that's how we kind of afforded to do it. Really, do it huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you doing his motor and suspension too? Yeah. So yeah, you're, no. you're so you're testing with him and like doing all like, yeah, like you're you're. <laughs> that's a lot of work for a rider on that level. It was a lot of work. Um, <laughs> it's me. I I uh, I'm, I'm actually like wore out just thinking about it. You know, <laughs> it, was a lot, it was a lot of hours, and that's. And that was a lot of it. Uh, I can remember one year, uh, Paul. That's when I met Paul Deloria. You know, uh, he was riding, and we we would camp out in um, in Croom down at the uh, Tall Pines, and and all the, everybody would you know take spend their winters down there. And you know, Timmy and I, uh, we were flying to, uh, we were going to Texas actually yep. um, to do the Supercross, and we wanted to come back. To do the winter am, to fly back in yeah. time to do the winter yeah. am, and Paul. So Paul raises his hand and he drives the truck, and you know that's how Paul and I started. Oh, really? Huh? Yeah, because Paul was a, a good pro rider up in Canada. You know? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So okay, so yeah, Cowie, first year pro Cowie, seventy seven, I think, right? Then uh, goes to Yamaha, number twenty nine. 29, Yamaha, yeah. Yamaha, then Honda. 28. 28 yeah. on a Honda, right. And, yeah. and you're getting them UFO gear the whole time and all this weirdo gear deals, Mike. <laughs> oh, yeah, UFO. Like, Timmy's like, oh, man, do I really got to wear that stuff? <laughs> well, Timmy, here's the contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, listen, this is what's paying. This is what we're wearing. Well, um, you know, uh, Bill Bill Barat, you know, I like to say with CD boots and, and uh, all that stuff that was going on, um, you know, you hated to say it, but sometimes you had to go where the oh yeah, for sure, yeah. So you're yeah. so you're driving, he's flying, you're wrenching for him, also doing the motors, doing the suspension. I mean, Paul was doing a little bit of it later, but for those first years, geez, yeah, no, it was it was basically yeah, it was my brother. The first couple of years, it was just Pop Ferry, yeah. my brother, myself, uh, and and local. There was quite a few locals that. Um, you know, right. had the same aspirations to help Timmy. Right. But we all we had all put our uh, efforts together. But yeah, I, I would go back to the shop on Monday and work. Jeez. You know, get the bikes prepped, and yeah. wherever we had to be, we were there. You know, and it's just chasing the you know, it's chasing the dream. Yeah. That's yeah. what you remember, priceless. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now he told me at one point he's staying with you in the summer, right? Like around this time, is he staying with you? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we'd fly him up to Jersey, and um, he'd stay there for weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. And supposedly, and this is a funny story. I mean, Timmy's probably going probably not going to like it. Ah, so, it's fine. Let's yeah. tell it then, for he, sure. Yeah, he, he was a son of a bitch to get the train. <laughs> I mean, you might know that. I don't know when you when you when when you got to him, he might have been. A, yeah, he was fine. He was fine by then. But at Suzuki days, like Suzuki days, him and Nathan were team. They did nothing. They did nothing. They they went up in the hills and rode a bicycle around and called it a day. You well, know, like here's the perfect story. Just so I'm down staying with Evie's parents. Uh huh. You know, in uh, in Tampa. Yeah. Got my box van parked down there because we're staying there for for whatever a couple yeah. Of weeks. Yeah. And I'd go out and I'd run right next to their house. Was this beautiful park? So oh, yeah. I'd go out and run in the morning. You know. Is that in Come Largo? On. Is that in Largo? Uh, right out at Tampa, like right before the Tampa Bridge. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's where they, they still live there. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah talking to the Deans. And um, beautiful place. And, and I get up and I say, come on, Timmy. Let's go. we got to go running. You know, there was way too many times that we'd start out. You know, Timmy had these, had this, he had short legs, his little short legs and, and this huge torso, you know. So for him, for every one of my steps, he had to take two, you know. Right, right. Well, I tell you, let's go, you know, and I'd be going, going, going. Next thing I know, where's Timmy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, come back. Where's Ah, forget it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so the mechanic, the mechanic is out training the rider, Mike, at this point? Well, you know, I yes, I, I figured, like, we'd go down to Kroom, and I'd say, come on, let's go out. Let's, if I can do it, here's the whole thing. If I can do it, you can do it. Yeah, right? yeah, right, right. Um, which, thank God, because to this day, and, and and I still run to this day. Do you really? Yeah, yeah. Of all, all of that, all the years that we trained, uh, not only Timmy, but the other riders as well, um, you know, kept my spirits high, you know, but, uh, but yeah, he was a tough one to get to train at first, um, yeah. Mike Rossini on the uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by the folks at Renthal and Maxis. FlyRacing.com. Please check them out on the web. And, uh, yeah, demand, demand to see the latest and greatest from the folks at Fly Racing. Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, just a few of the guys wearing it, of course. Maxis tires used by Alex Ray out there at Renthal. Uh, Renthal has got the new Fat Bar 36 out. Please check it out. Uh, Kenny Roxon just uh, won a race with it, a couple of races with that bar. And also want to give a shout-out to Race Tech, uh, a competitor of RRP back in the day. Uh, Paul Thede and everybody at Race Tech there doing a good job. Pulp 19 is the code to save with those guys. And I guess that's another guy you probably ran across, huh, Mike? Was Paul Thede at different times and, uh, yeah. you know, so yeah. competed yeah. against him. So, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, Race Tech was, uh, well, and still is, you know, um, great, great company. Um, well, I thought we'd welcome the uh, the guy that we're talking about on the show here for a little bit. It's, uh, it's the great Tim Ferry. Red Dog, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. We are telling a lot of stories, Rossini and I, right now about you. That would be good. He's probably got some good ones, some <laughs> old ones. So he just he just said that it was really tough to get you to train back in the day. It was really tough uh, in those days. Yeah, he used to make me get up and go running, and uh, <laughs> it was two miles, and uh, I basically ran down to this place where we bought lunch at the pizza shop, and then I'd run back. So. Yeah, I was more of a rider. I didn't really <laughs> wasn't into the training thing. I didn't know much about it, really. Right. See, Mike, you were right. <laughs> he didn't really want to train. <laughs> yeah, he, he couldn't deny much I, of that. Listen, <laughs> I, I never 
and still to this day, I don't like to train. Like, it's not my passion. I don't love it. I, I have people that do love it. It's really weird to me, but <laughs> I just did it. I just did, I only did, started doing it because it made me faster. And, right. And I made more money, so. <laughs> and that was it. Uh Red Dog, how much of a help was Mike throughout the years? I mean, obviously, we, we talked about him and your dad and meeting you at Loretta's and, and, you know, running through the shop and staying in Jersey and all that. But, man, uh, that was a big part of your part of your becoming a, a, a real professional. Yeah, I mean, it was – it was it took, it took me out of, you know, amateurs. Um, at the time, I didn't, you know, didn't have a ride. I, you know, I had a team green ride. But, um, yeah, it took me on the road, took me racing. And, yeah, how do you not – you know, had he not done that, you know, who knows? We may not even be having this conversation at all. So, um, life, life throws, uh, life throws uh, curveballs at you sometimes. And but yeah, he, uh, yeah, he really helped me out a lot. And obviously, super thankful for that. And he's, uh, he's a good. Uh, he made you ride Cowie, Yamaha, and Honda three straight years. You changed bike brands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were just trying to do whatever we could. Um, <laughs> Now we had a team, I had a team green deal, and uh, when we first got hooked up as an amateur, and then they, they transferred over to uh, into the first year pros, and then I don't really know why we did the Yamaha. I think maybe Yamaha was interested, and uh, how that kind of worked out. And then the last year on Hondas um, dealership, my dad actually worked for it, ended up taking care of us with bikes. So mm-hmm. uh, there was a little reason behind you know yeah. a few of those, but right, um, we did a lot of racing too. You know, not Supercross and Motocross, but we we raced almost every weekend uh, during the summer, and then even after the nationals up in that area because it was real hot up there. Mike, how was Red Dog's speed compared to Bear Dog Barry back then? <laughs> uh, was could, could he could he beat the mighty Barry at times? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's absolutely. Um, you know, again, Timmy, uh, and not because he's on the line, but as I said before. <laughs> Just an unbelievable talent, um, which you you don't you come across very very few uh, times in your life lifetime. But yeah, no question. And obviously, his results have proven it. Right? Yeah, that's true. Although I I don't know, Red Dog. Did you have anything for Barry back then? You know, he was he was tougher than uh, than people ever probably could realize nowadays. You know, think about Barry. I see I see Barry actually last week on a track here in Florida riding. So. <laughs> right, of course, right. Uh, he's still hammering, but you know, up there he was he was a good rider. He, he knew the tracks, and and I was a Florida kid, so I wasn't really used to you know muddy, cold conditions, yeah. uh, ruts. So yeah, I mean, it wasn't easy. I, I was faster, but uh, he, he gave me a run for my money for sure. A lot of times, yeah. and he beat me some too. Yeah, you know, that's good. Good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. We keep the legend of Barry and uh, uh, oh, yeah. alive. You know. Um, so Red Dog. So when you were turning, you got the Suzuki ride at the end of '94, right? '93. End of '90. End of '94. Yeah. I signed a Suzuki deal. You got the and, Suzuki uh, deal. So '95, I was factory. Right, and then uh, at that time, so then you were you're like, oh man, like RRP guys, like so. Then you got Dement. And you got Ty Wallace and all these guys in RRP. Must have made you feel good to kind of start the RRP thing. Yeah, you know, I don't really know. Mike could probably explain more, but, you know, um, Fred Fertucci actually got us hooked up. He was at Boysen. Mm-hmm, yeah. And uh, that's kind of how the whole thing started. I, you know, I don't know what Mike was doing necessarily before that, but, yeah, Mike had a good good run after that. Um, and even was the KTM factory team at one time, I believe, yeah. right, Mike? Yeah. 
Yeah, that was in the yeah ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a good yeah. test. good tour, good learning yeah. lesson there. Yeah, there was uh, yeah, it was pretty good. And then and I think Ramsey rode for you ninety five or ninety six as well. And then yeah, that he ended up going to Suzuki in ninety seven. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. In uh, 95, it was, uh, for me, it was Nate uh, Nathan and uh, actually Tommy Clowers. Oh, you remember Tommy. Tomcat. Yeah. Tomcat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let me ask you. Hey, I, oh, go ahead, Timmy. It's funny. Funny. Uh, so, talking about Tommy Clowers and guys like that, and obviously those names to me are, you know, real popular. But, uh, man, Ray Somo rode on the team with us for, you know, quite a few races when he did 500s, right, Mike? That's right. Um, oh, I didn't know. I don't. And, uh, I didn't know the Somo RRP thing. I, yeah. I was not aware then, of this. Okay. And I, I believe Healy was there too, right? Uh, you know, I could go down a list of riders. <laughs> probably yeah, more most. Was, but before, well, you know, before, before Timmy and after Timmy, you know, God Almighty, in our shop, uh, just to give you an idea, at my shop in Jersey after the Timmy years, you know, Jeff Dement, and I was averaging 400 resumes. Um, for riders. Oh, I mean, really? I didn't know there was that many riders, aspiring <laughs> riders in the country at the time. You know? Right, right. Everybody saw what Timmy and I accomplished, mm-hmm. or every, I shouldn't say just Timmy and I, but it was yeah. a team, you know, family effort. What we accomplished in a couple of years, and everybody, you know, was prepared to jump on board to see if, you know, they could do the same thing, the magic, you know. But um, I think they forgot, they, they actually... You know, they needed all the ingredients, and that was the tough part about telling people, you know, you need all the ingredients. Not everybody is going to be a Tim Ferry or Jeremy McGrath. Right, right. I always, Red Dog, I was telling Mike, so you're you're getting top 10 in Supercross and Motocross, and he's doing motors and suspension for you. So, like, he's testing. You guys are working on stuff. He's, He's maintaining suspension, maintaining the motor. I'm like, geez, that's a lot. Uh, you know that's that's crazy. Well, I think a lot of times too. I would fly from Florida to because I was going to school still. So I would fly from Florida to Jersey, then we would go from Jersey to Nationals. And uh, so I'd always make a stop in Newark. He would send Butchie down or somebody to pick me up, and <laughs> and uh, then we would I would go to a shop. But yeah, in the meantime during the week, I mean Mike was Mike is Mike would come in my room. He was a runner. Obviously, probably why he wanted me running, but he would run. He would run for five miles on his treadmill while I slept in his bed. We called it Taco, and uh, and then he'd go downstairs and start working. So the guy never they never stopped working until dark. Yeah. And uh, when he sent somebody out to go get some some takeout, so he was working building everybody's bikes in that whole area. Right, right. Um, and delivering them on the weekends too. So right. You got a little empire going on there. Yeah, Mike. So yeah, like you said, Mike, you're burning the candle at both ends, really. Just trying to do everything you can for him, and then for customers also, trying to make money as well. So yeah, that's that's what you had to do. You yeah. know, that's what you had to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, all right, Red Dog. I'll let you go, but uh, we wanted to uh, confirm that you were, in fact, not a trainer in those early years. <laughs> no, I was a rider. I, I was always a rider. I just. I just only trained because I just kind of had to. So, um, but this, this might be just so you know, this might be a podcast I listen to. Oh, okay. So, oh, wow. I'm impressed. It might be one you listen yeah. to. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't do podcasts much. So, I'll, but I might tune in. I want to hear what Mike has to really say when I'm off. Yeah, off yeah, the yeah. Mic. Once we hang, once we hang <laughs> up. But, um, 
Well, and actually, Mike, my favorite, one of my favorite Tim Ferry stories was his first ever national Red Dog. You got piece of pizza at intermission. Um, yeah, I don't think it was my first. Oh, one. okay. It was my. It was my. It was my first one after Loretta's. Okay. Yeah. And yep. uh, yeah, I just had a heck of a time. Got two pepperoni pizzas and two Mountain Dews, <laughs> and I went and, and I went and walked the track, and I got fifth the next month. So. <laughs> I don't know if you were. So there, goes, uh, <laughs> there goes your. There goes your uh, training. Yeah, yeah. Alden Baker just passed out somewhere. He just. He just. He just had a heart attack if he heard this. Um, <laughs> Mike, were you aware of the pepperoni Mountain Dew story? Pepperoni pizza. No, no because. Timmy was very, very good at, at times, uh, not to divulge everything. Oh, his, his training, his training techniques. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. awesome. Uh, thanks, Red Dog. Thanks for the time, man. Yeah. All right. Take care, guys. Yeah. All, right. Yeah. All right. That's Tim Ferry, Mike. We we did confirm that he was not a trainer. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm surprised his, his versions were pretty, pretty damn close to what we talked about. Yeah, right? yeah really, right? Um, so you work with him. You get him. You get him to Suzuki. Suzuki comes calling after after Honda doesn't doesn't pick him up, and then that's where you become KTM, the, the the KTM factory team. Like, how does this come together? And people need to remember this is this is tapioca orange KTM's at this point. Well, that's that's a it's a it's one of the finer points of of my life, honestly. I mean, Timmy Timmy brought us to a, a different level, and mm-hmm. and people noticed. Like I said, resume yep. wise, I went through the roof. My business. Uh, you know, was was just escalating. You know, and that's how I, again, Paul Deloria, Alan Brown, and just I started to hire people. And anyway, KTM, uh, Sel Marina, um, you know, love him. Uh, what a man uh, came to me, and they were in the transition years. You know, that's that's um, you know they weren't very good. Um, you know, Mike Fisher and Keith Johnson, just different people. Yep. Um, but anyway, he he says, "Hey, you know, look what you did with with Timmy. Uh, are you interested? You know, yeah. as a private contractor." And I said, "Well, of course. You know, why not? Yeah, let me try this." And um, you know, threw a budget together. Um, and he said, "Understand, it's a two year deal." Uh, Rod Bush, you know, was obviously yeah. you know the president then. And he said, "You know, it's just transition years." He said, "They're being bought out." Um, and it was great because I got to meet uh, the son of the owner, or one of the owners at that time, who was putting the money up. Okay. The big. Yeah. And, you know, KTM was being bought out by conglomerates and had, uh, you know, was going to have enough money to take it back into a factory, you know, uh, a true factory team, not a subcontractor team. Um, so I knew it. So I had a two-year deal with them. Um, is, this, uh, is this like okay. bikes, parts, and cash, or wh- how good is this? Uh, well, we got you know f- supposed factory bikes. Uh, Tom Moen, um, and I believe Tom Moen is still there. Is. Along with, yep. uh, actually, I was talking to Nate Ramsey, who <laughs> it's great. Uh, God, I got If we, we have time, I'll tell you a story about Nate. Yes, please and, do. Yeah, yeah. He might, he's not going me to tell this story, but oh man, <laughs> it's good. Anyway, so um, you know, so Tom Moen and I worked together mm-hmm. to develop the bikes, um, which was great, and. Um, and the race team, um, you know, and I traveled all over the country. Paul was Paul, and first it was Paul. Yeah, Pretty Paul Deloria. Yep, still around to this day, driving the yeah. truck for Rockstar Husky. Yep. 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 I know it. And he uh, he would drive clear across the country. Um, usually stop to ski or jump out of an airplane somewhere. Yeah. And I'd I'd meet up with him. You know, fly there, uh, whatever I do to get there. And uh, we ran the team for two years. Um, I feel 
really happy about it at times and disappointed at times. I think we could have done better uh, had we had a little bit better of a budget to get riders. Yeah. Um, so did they? Well, did they give you cash to hire riders? Like, did you have X amount to hire riders and get pay expenses? Like, how did the deal work for you? Did it didn't cost you money? Did it? Uh. In the end, it did, yeah. <laughs> in the end. So that first year, you had Demant and uh, Armoradio. Yeah, and I'm and I'm sure if, if if anybody ever gets the chance to watch that debacle, oh, we're gonna, was, we're, we're getting into that. We're gonna, I'm working towards that. But um, yeah. why'd you settle on them, or was that KTM's choice, or was that your your doing for those two? Well, we we, we went hunting around, and, yep. and you know, we we really wanted Kyle Lewis at the time, but couldn't afford him, mm-hmm. so. I shouldn't say, you know, I don't want to say we, we had to settle, but we had to settle yeah. for what we could afford. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Tony was a, a up-and-comer Southern Cal guy, and Jeff DeMent was an up-and-comer, you know. And, yeah, DeMent was one of the best amateur riders, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, I felt uh, I got really along really well with his dad and family, so it was a good fit. And um, unfortunately, those two uh, were like salt and pepper. Were know? they really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, I had a guy, one of my buddies from Canada worked for Tony for a while. And, yeah, he had a bit of a hot temper. He had, it was a bit of a temper guy. Um, and then DeMent, I, DeMent was a, DeMent's dad, Ronnie, was a nice guy from what I remember. But Jeff was a little odd. He was a little odd duck. So I could imagine that that wasn't ideal. Yeah, so <laughs> to sum it up, we're at Redbud, uh, the national. And, uh, you know, Scorsell's there, and I'm on the headset, and, you know, up in the tower, yeah. and playing the team manager role. And next thing I know, uh, sells like, and I didn't like to go into the tower. I like to be down in the trenches with the, with the mechanics and uh-huh. digging in, you know, and I'm, I'm walking around the track. Next thing I know, sells yelling, yelling, Mike, 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 you gotta go. You gotta go. They're fighting. They're fighting. <laughs> <laughs> the TV, you know, the TV cameras are on them. And here, these two are out in the middle, dump their bikes. Cause they were battling with each other for, I think 15th and 16th. Yeah. Yeah. Locked into each other, jump off the bike, and start fist fighting. Oh, Teammates God, fist fighting. MXA puts it in the uh, puts it in the magazine. It makes Motor World. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, that was yeah. that was so. What happened? They just it was it was like kind of built up, like it was a built up thing. They both didn't like each other, and then so yeah. you know yeah. basically it wasn't it wasn't just the pass or the aggressive riding by one of the other guys to get them fighting, right? No, it was yeah. just a, they needed a reason to do it, yeah. and. Uh, they that was it. They just they just unleashed their their uh, their inner feelings and <laughs> it, was, it was a it was funny, but it was uh, hard. You know, Duke Finch comes over and you know I'm getting fines and I'm getting this. I got to bench one of them. You know, yeah. Uh, what happened when you got back to the truck? I mean, who started it? What did you end up doing? Oh, I had to put them in separate corners and get their stories and you know go through the whole uh, you know pro racing thing with with AMA. Yeah, and Duke. Finch was the you know the director at the time, um, so you know and again it came down to it where I had to bench somebody and it ended up being Tony, um, you know so he got all bent out of shape about it and mm-hmm. you know just wanted to to get the trailer to himself for a while, um, you know so it was it was tough that was yeah. a tough situation. Was um, KTM mad at you or were they or did they come back on you at all? 
No, 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 not really. Yeah. I mean, it was there was not a whole lot I could. I, right, I tried right. to control it the best I could, but once they were, that's why they waited till on the track. I mean, obviously, <laughs> they were going to get away with it in the pits. I wasn't going to tolerate that shit. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Jeez. I tried my best. Yeah, and um, I'm sure Paul will remember that too as well because he was. You yeah, know, he Paul's was right. got Paul's got some good ones too from that. I've talked yeah. to him over the years. You know, he won't do one of these with me. He, He's just like, I don't want to talk about myself. And I'm like, Paul, man, you work for Loraco and Bradshaw and, and Rossini and, you know, you, Alessi. You got Alessi stories. He's just like, I don't want to do it. I, I don't want to talk about myself. I'm like, all right. Okay. Paul's a soft-spoken got, yeah, guy. Got man, and he's, he's probably got some un- – I got some story about it too. But Paul and uh, uh, certainly a great friend of both of ours, uh, Mike McConville Magnum for sure. Yeah. Uh, um, there's some unbelievable stories there to tell. Yeah, so at the end of the year, you just said, see you later, guys, to both of them, huh? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. it had to be. You yeah. know, uh, um, I had aspirations to be working with people that, um, you know, that I knew could could we could work together. Right. You know, that's part of, part of being, well, you know that. I mean, part of Timmy's success, um, not to turn the story, but really part of Timmy's success is, you know, you came into the picture at a point where Timmy needed somebody to, you know, pick up the pieces behind him in a way to keep him directed. And wow. that, that was, I remember correctly. You well, know? when I got to him, he'd been let go by Suzuki. And, uh, yeah. you know, it wasn't, wasn't a good thing, but I, I, you give me too much credit. I was just spinning the wrenches. He, he re- impressively rebuilt himself, you know, like a lot of guys go the other way when they get dropped and they get some, you know, he got some success as a young age and won a couple nationals. And yeah, and then he all of a sudden got introduced, you know, he pointed out to 125s and, and after he won the title and yeah, it didn't go well, you know, but man, he, he deserves all the credit for that. He told me he took his last little bit of savings and bought that property, you know, where he yep. still lives to, and to build yeah. a supercross track, you know, so yeah. Um, yeah. He, yeah. some kids would have bought a truck. Or, or something, you know what I mean? Um, no, yeah, yeah. Um, but again, it, it goes back to, to you know, you surround yourself with yeah. good people, and and you'll do good things, and that's why I brought you, you know, your situation into the picture because again, with KTM, I needed to surround myself yeah. with people I could work with, you know, and I took lesser riders that year, you know, Kevin Krein, and again, God rest his soul, you know, yeah. what a great rider, and uh, and Ty Wallace, and, Ty, yeah. and you know, Ty. They tried like hell. I, I got to give those two credit, boy. They um, they gave it all they had, and uh, with what we had to work with, it was a fun year. Yep. Um, were they, yeah, no regrets. Were the bikes were they linkage? Did they have the PDS system at this point? I don't remember. No, no, not yet. No. Okay. Um, were, were they any good? Were the bikes any good? Like you as a as a as a guy who tinkers and builds the stuff, like were they bad bikes? I don't remember. Well. Um, could they win? Why don't you ask me if they can win? Could they win? <laughs> could they win? No, no, yeah, yeah. Could they compete? Yes. Yeah. And Tom Moen, uh, again, Tom and I did the best. Um, and it was development. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. moving. I can just remember the fact that the the, uh, the bikes would cut off when they got hot. Nobody could figure out why they were cutting off. <laughs> uh, well, they were cutting off is because the um. Uh, the ECO, you know, uh, the the computer, the the electronic box, whatever you want to call it, yep. was was mounted in the in right on top of the head where it got so much heat. Oh, okay. That, that it would shut down. Yeah. So what I did is I just took it and I moved it up to the up in front of the triple clamp where yep. it got air. Yeah. And guess what? We didn't have a bike shut off anymore. Yeah. That was the biggest thing in KTM. They couldn't keep the bikes running long enough to finish a race. You know. And, 
when, when we got a hold of them, you know, with little ingenuity and common sense, we were able sure. to get the bike to last. And now we're finishing races, and, you know, we needed to work on the rest. But, again, KTM knew at that point it, it's been such a unbelievable uh, experience for me to watch the growth for KTM to be yeah, well, number, number one in the world, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, as as, well, that's what, like, and I worked there in 2000, right, for Kelly Smith. I worked there. And it was the first year of the factory team, quote unquote. And I mean, I look back at that, and I'm like, God, like we, we had Langston in '01, and somehow Langston was super good. But man, we were unorganized, and the frames were different. The frames were different, Mike. When we go to build one, we had to go through the, all the frames and measure it and grab one that was closest to our race bike. Like they, the quality yeah. control was not there. Uh, swing arms were different. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you were just like, what, what's going on in Austria? What's what's happening? Um, yeah, you know, yeah. and I'm sure you ran into that too, where you would get different different parts for different models. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it was. You had to be. Um, I don't want to say MacGyver for a better term, but yeah, yeah, you had to be a MacGyver and put stuff together. Yeah, to make it, yeah. The thing I remember about Ty and Crine, uh that year was just like the man and, and Tony. I think the year before, man, they were always around each other. You had like this. They was like the same guy. They would get shitty starts and charge through the pack, and then end up at the same spot for the most yeah. part. That's what yeah. I remember from those two guys that year in nationals, anyways. Yeah, the the two best I have to do, you know, between Kevin Krein and Ty, and then Ty and Nathan Ramsey. What a what a duo! Uh, when Nathan number sixty five, I believe, and Ty was seventy six national number that year, and yeah. they rode that 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 uh, a Cherby's gear. If you remember, a Cherby's yeah. came out with yeah. riding gear in that year, and and Bill Baroth and I. He's like, Mike, I need to introduce introduce this Franco, blah, 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 and and these kids. Begged me not to wear that hard stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you see a, a picture of Nathan and uh, of Ty and and Kevin, all wearing the Acherby's gear. But uh, but those those guys were just so much fun. A lot of heart, just so much heart. Mm-hmm. And you know, Nathan. Again, I'm, I'm pretty proud to say that I was you know uh, involved in some capacity with Nathan as well, and how he achieved so much success. To this day, you know, still being yeah. involved in moto, uh, in the motocross industry or, or the moto industry, um, you know, doing what he loves to do. So, yeah. What, yeah. What was the Nathan Ramsey story? What What he got? Uh, oh, geez. Okay, Nathan. I'm sorry if he ever listens to this, but uh, he he said, "Mike, don't ever tell that story, please." And so, <laughs> one day I'm going to have to, you know, and this might be it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so we're we're together, and this is uh, you know KTM's given me stuff. This is 90, 95, 96, and um, you know Nathan's on his way up, yep. and he's riding Suzuki's. Uh, Ty and him were riding Suzuki's for us for me. I had mm-hmm. another sub, so I had KTM. No, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I had I had Suzuki sub team, we'll call it. Um, and so I ran two two box two trucks that year with the help of uh, again Mike McConville. Um, my people know him probably as Magnum, but he helped me out so much then. And um, and you know so so here's these guys and uh, KTM gives me a 125, which was wow. Just think a KTM 125. Yeah. Um, don't say a whole lot about that. <laughs> and I said guys, I said I I want one of you guys to ride this bike and. And Ty's like, no, man. And Ty was doing pretty good. He's like, Mike, I, I, I can't ride that thing. Amazing. <laughs> I said, how about you, man? Let's let's get on this, you know, we're going to get factory support. We're going to yeah. get factory parts. You'll make a name for yourself. 
And he says, you know, he said, no. He said, I, I will not ride that thing. He said, it's horrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and I said, Nathan, you're working for KTM now. He goes, I know it. He says, how bizarre is that? I wouldn't ride the bikes back then, but now I'm working for them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, hey, listen, it's, it's, uh, you can't even compare the companies like we just talked about, man. It's it, you know, it's uh, it's insane no. how, how much yeah, no. how much better they are and how much they're amazing, you know, compared to what they were. Yeah, um, yeah. That that five twenty that I worked on that was just a husk of that was just a Husaberg, you know what I mean? Yeah, they, they, yeah, that was yeah. all that thing was. Um, yeah, they they bought all the technology from all the four stroke people in the world and made it theirs, you know. And, yeah, totally right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there needs to be. Listen, I I, I was the guy. You you were their first team, you know, the real team. I mean, Fisher and 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 all those guys, you know. I mean, they had kind of solo box fans, and it was it was uh, it was just mowing out there. But you had a real team with guys, and and uh, and I I mechanic for the first ever KTM win in AMA Motocross or Supercross with Kelly Smith. I th- I think Rossini, I think we need like a our own little award from KTM. Like I think they need to recognize us. Like I'm going to go talk to Ian or Roger this weekend and. Yeah, about that, yeah. You know, we need to get something from this, yeah. <laughs> the best, you know what? You you just brought up the best part today. The man, the man himself, Roger DeCoster. I, I mean, he is still, and, and anybody that can say differently, I don't know what they're thinking. He's the man, and he's running the KTM team, which we were involved with. I'm yeah. pretty proud of that. Yeah, yeah, pretty, yeah. yeah. Where's where's our damn award or plaque or something, Mike? <laughs> we need to get be recognized by these guys uh, for what we've yeah. done for this brand. Uh, you you were with it through uh, white ones and and orange ones and yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, so, what do you do after that? What 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 KTM pulls it pulls it away? The, the, the two year deal, and then that was it. Well, I had the option uh, to stay on. Did you? Yeah. Um, to do, you know, work for work for them. And uh, Paul Delorier and Alan Brown stayed. They were two that. Um, oh, they did the KGSC, huh? Yeah. So they did the, you know, they did the minis. Remember, yeah. they used to go yeah, out yeah. the minis. Okay. So that I I started with that. I had to take the minis around for you know towards the end of that. Oh, I didn't know so, that. So that was you the first few years. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. They, they we stuffed we stuffed them in our trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, and brought him to the track when they introduced that, you know, again. And, and I know uh, Paul and Alan were, were, you know, disappointed when, when I didn't, well, there was nothing I could do really. And I said, you know, I told both Paul and Alan, I said, guys, I'm, I'm sorry, but you know, you know, we're done here. Yeah. Um, where am I going to go? I'm not sure. I got a business to tend to. And was it, was it a money thing for you? Was it a, was it seeing your riders fight each other that, that made it no fun? Like why, why did you decide ultimately to, to not do the, racing well it's again i had i ran a I ran a tour with between timmy and ktm and all the years um i was 36 38 weekends on the road yeah, yeah burnt out yeah i was i needed a break and um my business was just taken off like wildfire mm-hmm. and i opened up a retail store uh, a big retail uh, not big but you know, we were number one Fox dealer. Um, we we sold the shit out of stuff right. in our store. Um, so I needed to tend to that yep. and um, just stay to the local stuff um, more so than the, you know, than the national stuff. Sure, sure. Um, so I stepped back. I stepped back and just did the local stuff. And you know, Paul and Alan picked up the pieces and um, stayed on with KTM to do you know the the minis for the next couple of years. And then yeah. right in. Transitioned into Paul getting a 
you know, his next gig, I think, was Mike LaRocco, and then... No, you no, know. his first gig was driving the truck for Manchester Honda, and then Bradshaw's mechanic and him went riding, Yes, and, and Bradshaw's mechanic got hurt, and then Paul took over, and he was back. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yep, I forgot about Bradshaw. Damn it. Yep, yep, yep. You're right. Yeah. Um, but you, there, there, there's another, again, very happy to know that uh, a little bit of their lives were due to things that we did together. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I I lived with Alan for years at KTM. He got me the job with KTM. He was the manager Mm -hmm. that first year, and uh, I kind of got screwed over by the Brooks at Chaparral, and it was late in the year, and Alan hired me. It was awesome. He gave me a lifeline, So, and I lived with him and his wife. Yeah. Uh, Yes, uh, just two great people. Him him and and, uh, Paul were just such a big part of what I was able to do, and um, you know, I'd I'd love to catch up with them and tell stories again too, because there's a lot of them. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was good times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Me being Canadian, also, like, yeah, you've you've helped us all. You've helped a lot of us Canadians out over the years, Mike. So that's when I brought up, you know, because thanks to Paul and and Alan, and there was there was a couple others, but you know, notably, uh, you know, got to be really good friends with John Sebastian. um, Yeah, you know. And, and and introduced to Marco as well, but uh, John, uh, John, however, JSR, like to yeah, JS, JSR, JSR, JSR yeah, works. JSR, he uh, he did so well for me in Canada for so many years, um, and he was just uh, just one of those wonderful people, just great personality, you know, um, and need to be around. But uh, that was a, that was a really good tour, and as thanks to Paul and, and Alan, you know, introducing right, us, right, and, um, you know, so, you got any J Law stories? What's your best J Law story, Mike? Well, yeah, he was he was just coming into the picture at that time, right? And uh, we had a little. We actually had a, a little run together. Oh, you did? Oh, I did yeah. not know this. Okay. Yep, on the minis, his his uh, grandfather. Yep. His grandfather was you know obviously the man at the time taking care of things, but uh, he. Uh, he was the ultimate wild child. <laughs> I've heard the story. Him, like you know, doing the stuff he did as a pro. Yeah, it just it just carried on what he did as an amateur. I've I've got all these all these kids that tell me they grew up with him and all the stuff he did when he was a kid. Like he was just crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was his own worst enemy. And I don't know, you know, uh, what a great kid and and what a great kid. And there was unbelievable talent in in for sure. In wow, unbelievable talent, but. Uh, I think at times just a little misguided. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, he had his he had a strong mind to do what he wanted to do, which sometimes wasn't the right thing. Right, you know? right. Um, yeah, it uh, it's too bad, man. It's too bad that his, yeah. you know his life went one way that it could have been the other. Because yeah, he was talented, man. God, yeah. And, and the stories yeah. I heard of him as a kid was just he rode twelve hours a day. Like he, the guy just loved riding his dirt bike so much. Oh, that, that's all he did. Yeah, yeah, that's all he knew. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, you know, again, and his grandfather uh, was one that raised him. Yep. Uh, you know, kind of same deal. And being in South Jersey, uh, there's not much else you can do, you know. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but uh, a lot of talent. Um, a lot of talent, yeah. Man, so you're in the car stuff now, but looking back, yeah, what a career in the sport, man. You, you look back fondly with it, or is, do you just think about all the uh, – all the shitty fast food, all the bills you had to pay, all the nights you spent away from your family, or is it all good memories? Every I I, I have no regrets, not one, not yeah. one single regret. Um, other than the fact is, uh, I was mingling around at uh, at Gatorback um, Minios, thinking, God, 
and they're like saying, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? <laughs> um, I do miss it. I miss it a lot. And, and if it weren't for the fact that I was getting to relive, I get to work with a lot of young, uh, young and up-and-comer drivers. Yeah. I get to work with, my one, believe it or not, one of my best drivers right now is a guy by the name of Danny Stain out of South Africa who was Greg Albertine's teammate. No way, really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. In the day, Danny is 61 years old, uh-huh. and this son of a bitch can go out there and pound the pavement ah. against <laughs> young guys and beat up on them. Yeah, you yeah. Um, but we tell motocross stories all the time, you know, um, and, and other people, you know, there's a, a guy by the name of Mike LeMain out of New Jersey. Um, he's another motocross guy turned into cars. Just on and on, but I get to relive all this um, this wonderful thing we call motorsports. Yeah, uh, you know, and and if it weren't for the fact that it was so deep into what I'm doing now, I'd I'd be back in moto in a heartbeat. Wow, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, no, I, definitely some epic stuff. And 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 the guys you've helped along the way, like you know, we just we only touched on a few, but you know, we touched on Nathan and Ty and Kevin and. By the oh. way, uh, Krein was a good guy, man. Uh, passed away way too soon. Uh, Kevin Krein was a really nice guy. I, I always got along with him really well. I like Kevin. Yeah, yep. the family, you know, uh, God bless him. Yeah, miss him. And, uh, you know, a guy, one of the one of the other guys I ran into recently, Dave Janoffi. Uh, oh, Dave, yeah. Yeah, Dave's a great guy. Yeah, another one of our riders, Davey Kratz, uh, who worked with Husky and, and – uh, you know Jeremy Cook, just so many of the of the unsung heroes that uh, are to this day still riding. You know Jeremy yep. Cook, young young son is moto, and and uh, it's you know it's a, it's a lifestyle. It's it's um, it seems like it's forever. Thank God. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm in it still too, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. It's it's. I mean, can you imagine we actually get paid to do this shit? <laughs> yeah, I get, I get paid to talk into a microphone. It's incredible. I can't believe I can't believe what a scam I'm running on everybody. Um, uh, well, hey man, um, thank you. Thanks for the time, Mike Rossini, RRP, of course, on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. Really appreciate the time. Uh, all the people you've helped. Uh, nice work on that over the years, and uh, great work with everything you've done. And, and continued luck with the with the car stuff, man. I uh, really appreciate the. Uh, sharing the memories with our listeners. Well, again, it's absolutely been a real pleasure to, to be able to experience it with everybody. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosile Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone 
even harder, jump farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days. They're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and-